So you wanna learn how to build a superhuman physique. Well, the first step to getting there is understanding where you are on that journey and being very, very clear on what the priority and your focus should be with your time spent in and out of the gym. What's up everybody? Uh, my name is Yanni Bormeister, if we haven't met before, and I'm joined by my brother Rad Bormeister. Richie is behind the control panel. Together we are Unity Gym and the UMS. Uh, we are going deep today. Uh, we're going deep this week. I'm very excited about what we're talking about this week. We launched a brand new 28 day intensive this week in the gym, which is our flagship program. It's uh, essentially putting your mouth onto a fire hose and turning it on and taking a drink uh, with our UMS program. But um, it's the way that we really onboard uh, people or educate people who can't train in our facilities or online, um, which is really no excuse for uh, anymore now that we have the online program. But uh, we started, we kicked off with our what we call fast growth workshop and uh, Rad was thrown under the deep end on the weekend and delivered the content all on his own uh, which he did a very good job of because we were only allowed to have a small group of people because of the COVID restrictions and everyone's sort of sitting together uh, it's very hard to have four square meters uh, for each person when you're trying to watch one screen <laughs> presentation so uh, but but out of the group, um, it obviously was very well received because out of the group, every single one of them joined the 28-day uh, intensive. So it's a testament to the uh, the content and 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 Rad's amazing last-minute um, ability to present the content. I'm holding in my hand here. You can the, the, for those of you on the podcast, you can't see this, but for those of you watching the video stream on YouTube or on our UMS Movement Mastermind group, this is the workbook. I'm actually red penning it right now. One last time, based on Rad's feedback, uh, this is the workbook we gave out to everyone who did the course. Um, yeah, Rad, how'd you go? How'd, how'd it feel? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it's, um, you know, we're always, we're, Yanni and I are obsessed with progress and progress in, in every area of our life. And so, and I, I'm never, well, both of us are never sat at, we never look at something and go, that's it, we're done. 
Um, you know, there's always a way that you can improve things. And one of the biggest areas of improvement for us has always been our member experience. And, you know, we keep, we always ask ourselves the question, why do the three of us, Richard, Yanni and me, get so much better results with our training than most people do? And how can we help other people to get there? And this health hierarchy of needs is is something that was just a massive light globe moment for us recently. And, and it, it when I presented it in that 28 day intensive and I saw these people nodding and like you could see people having this aha moments um, and people coming up to me afterwards saying how enlightening it was. It, it, it just makes sense, you know, it, it really makes sense. So it was really good. It was, it was great doing it. It was great meeting a whole bunch of new people, um, you know, and seeing how excited they are to get, you know, started on their journey and, and having them in the gym this morning. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It's a re really good day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting because really what the what the um, health hierarchy does is, and and this is stemmed from us sitting down doing a lot of thinking, uh, and you know, in all of the different presentations that we've done in the past, it's really us just standing and um, and speaking to people and presenting mm -hmm. to people. The difference this time was, which I was really really excited about, was that. We turned it around and we really got people thinking, you yeah. know, and and uh, and that is the purpose of that fast growth workshop is to, to, to get people to grow fast, to have yeah. a really big revolutionary aha, holy crap, this is, you know, what's going to unlock my true potential. And that's what the entire workshop's about. It's about helping people unlock their full potential very, very quickly. And... Um, and you know, it came. It's, it comes from us sitting down and looking at, you know, what got us where we are, and what the most important first steps were. And the, you know, the reality is, and and you know, a lot of people have said this before. I've heard Ido Portal say it. I've heard a lot of great coaches say it. Uh, um, most people try to reverse engineer their body. Mm. You know, most people. <clears throat> um, dive straight into the two things that we've positioned, we've identified to be the very last. And quite frankly, they're not two things that you really plan to build. Yeah. I, I don't believe, and I'll tell you why in a sec, because a lot of bodybuilders will completely disagree with me or physique models, because the last two things on the health hierarchy are, are and we've spoken about this a lot already um, to this group, they are mastery, movement mastery, uh, and then below that, a uh, number four on the hierarchy is physique. And of course, of course, obviously, 90%, 95% of the world set off at, from the very beginning to achieve high levels in either of those. That's it. They go to the gym to build a physique or they go to the gym to become super strong yep. or they go to yoga to become super flexible, you yeah, know. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, you know. Yeah, stuff, that's yep. right, you know. Uh, but but I believe, and I'm pretty sure Rad will agree with me, that those two things come I'm pretty as sure. a, a, You're definitely yeah. sure, we've discussed this. They come as a side effect to getting the first three right, you know. And, uh, and I'll tell you why I think this is really important because this is not something that Rad was able to share over the weekend uh, because I wasn't there doing the workshop with him. I'm still suffering a little bit with my eye and, and being in quite a lot of pain uh, when I'm under bright light. Um, the reason why I don't believe you can successfully set off to achieve a superhuman physique from the get is because when your intentions are built around 
something like building a physique, uh, you will, uh, like, rightly so, you, any, to, to achieve greatness in anything, you've got to obsess over it, I believe, and I know Rad agrees with me on that. And when you become obsessive over your physique, you sacrifice things that are really important for longevity, like how your body performs and how your body feels. I know this for a fact because I did it myself and I watched many of my friends do it. And we've, you know, I have many friends who were professional bodybuilders at the highest level. Um, and they agree with me that when you're in the pursuit of an obsessive over your physique, you sacrifice your health. And it's no different when you're in the pursuit of mastery initially. You talk to any professional athlete and health is a secondary priority to performance. You know, uh, I know many very high level powerlifters, strongmen, uh, crossfitters who have knowingly and will 100% um, agree to the fact that they sacrifice their health, <laughs> their function uh, for high levels of performance, you know. And that's why I don't believe that it's a good idea to set off on your path, on your quest in exercise, in training, in health, focused on either of those priorities because you sacrifice things that are very important, very important. The types of things that most people d don't realize are important until they lose them, like longevity, mm -hmm. like being able to train forever you know, without chronic pain, without serious injury, without having to go under the, the knife for surgery, uh, without really messing up their hormonal systems, you know, um, talk to not 90, well, I am yet to meet a female bodybuilder or physique model who hasn't completely messed up her endocrine or, or hormonal systems, you know, uh, in the pursuit of uh, physical perfection. Now, reframe that. And what happens when you, when, you, when, you, when you prioritize different things, when your priority is just on a daily movement practice? Now, when you look at the table here, you've got one guy, myself, in the gray jumper, sitting here who has completely sacrificed physical function for physique. And then a guy on the other side of the table who's, because of our different, um, uh, I guess, uh, passions growing up, Rad was passionate about Kung Fu. Kung Fu is a discipline where they really nail this, where they force you to nail the basics first without skipping those steps. And I think that that may have had something to do with why our mentalities were so different growing up. You think it may have? Well, <laughs> I, didn't, it absolutely want to put, I was. didn't want to put words in it your mouth. It absolutely was. I mean, I had over a decade where I had a teach. I mean, and it's not, it's not, um, it's not Kung Fu in general. It's only if you, it's a teacher. It's only if you have a good teacher because there's, there's so many martial arts academies where you can go and get a black belt in four years or something. And I, interesting, my, Joe Rogan was talking about this on his podcast last week with, um, who's the guy that did extreme ownership? Jocko Willink. Yeah. You know. my, I haven't heard that interview, but tell me about it in a sec. But in my personal experience, this is, of course, this is not true around the world. Of course, there are black belts out there that are amazing. But in my personal experience, the first sign that you can tell that somebody isn't good at martial arts is when they tell you that they're a black belt. Yeah. Because it's just, a, it's such a wank. You can get it so quickly. And you know, the, the where a black belt actually came from 
um, is that everybody had a belt and it started white and the longer and people washed their gear, they washed their uniform, but they never washed their belt. And over time, it just got darker and darker and darker from from the dirt that would accumulate on it. And that's how people would tell how advanced somebody was by the color of their belt. Um, whether that's true or not, it uh, you know it makes it's, for it's, a good story. It makes yeah. for a good story, you know. <laughs> but my teacher was really different. My teacher um, was there. There was no. There were people that trained at our school for five years and were still a white belt. Um, and they ended up leaving because they didn't like that they weren't progressing. But my teacher, just he just wouldn't grade you if you weren't competent. He said, well, this is the competency that you need to achieve and you haven't achieved that, so you're not ready to grade. Um, and I was one of the highest, um, well, at the time, I was the highest graded student at the academy and I was only an orange belt and that was after many, many years. Yeah. And that was, that was not just a testament to what my teacher was. That was also an indication of that I hit a, hit a ceiling where I didn't train hard enough and I didn't, um, you know, I've spoken a lot about what I was like in my twenties and because I was taking drugs and drinking alcohol, I got to a point where I just wasn't doing what was required to get, um, to get better, but it definitely instilled um, a process in my mind that you do not move on to the next thing until you master the the one thing. And I've got it wrong many, many times. Many times I've got that wrong, but I but I reminded myself of it and I went back to it. And that's why you and Phil always describe me as somebody who is better than most at, at just working on the basics and what we need to what you need to focus on. Well, you've been on. programmed, and and you know, there's this very famous quote by Bruce Lee: "I I don't fear the man who can do a, a hundred kicks." okay, I fear the man who can do one kick excellent. Yeah. And that is a mentality in martial arts, you know, where... It's, it's, it, it's not, it's, I, I don't fear the man that can do, that did a thousand kicks one time, I fear the man that did one kick a thousand times. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's something like that. Yeah. Um, th you know, that's the mentality. It's, uh, it's in Kung Fu at least, you know, you, you really, really have to mark, in, in most countries. Now, I, I, um, I've seen what belts do to my son in jujitsu. It, it, like I agree that there is a level there where you want to keep people motivated and of keep course, people progressive yeah, and you need point. to demonstrate yeah. progress. And so the belt system I think is fantastic. I think it's a fantastic way of demonstrating progress. I've watched what it's like when they have their little belt ceremonies and the kids get their level up or they get a new tip, white stripe on their belt or whatever else. And, uh, and that it's just like, they are just over the moon. It's what keeps them going, yeah, you know? Of course. So yeah. I think that there's a real need for it and, 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 and that, but then I also agree that, you know, uh, what, what Joe Rogan was saying is that nowadays, because there's so much money behind, um, jujitsu and, um, jujitsu, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, trying to encourage their top students to open a franchise under yep. them so they can make money off them. But th to do so, they need to have a black belt. Yep. And so they're very, very quickly progressing people through the, you know, what used to take a, a minimum of a decade mm. to 20 years to achieve. Now you can do in a few years and, and, yep. um, as a result, you you know, when someone reads out their mixed martial arts credentials, they're all black belts, yeah. but half of them are useless at rolling yeah. and grappling, yeah. you know, and, and um, you know, they'd beat an average person, but when they come up against a true black belt who's been, who's been doing jujitsu for decades, they mm. get absolutely ass kicked, you yeah. know. Um, so, but anyway, look. I digress. Yeah, look, the but the idea of 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 what we want to what we want to get across to people today is that. We we made this mistake so many times ourselves and we had members that we allowed 
to skip this process when we were when we were earlier on in our days in fear of losing them, you know. And we saw it time and time again. Either we injured ourselves, or um, or our members injured ourselves. And 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 in my experience, again, there's there's very few people that are at a very high level that haven't gone through this process where they where they go 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 and they injure themselves and then they reflect on what they've done and realized that they've skipped certain steps in their training that they should have done, certain things that are gonna lay a, a more solid foundation and, and you end up going back and doing it again. Yeah. Working on things that if you had have worked on earlier, you wouldn't have injured yourself. And, and, you, you, and you end up having to build your program around all of the issues that you've got in your body. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's that's right. what I have to do nowadays. Yep. Uh, I'm constantly rehabbing an issue and and figuring out how to manage something and work around right now I'm figuring out how to manage a problem in my arm and I've got my knee you know like it's just it's the constant process of just oh god if I had have started training with the end goal of physical performance yeah and balance uh, in my body, oh, things would look very different. You know, yep. things would look very different. But, but on like that said as well. I mean, we get people saying this to us all the time. I get, I got people saying this at the workshop on the weekend. People say, I've never heard this stuff before. Nobody's ever told me that this is the way that you're meant to train. And when we were younger, nobody told us. Mm. We didn't. We had to figure this out for ourselves. Yeah. And we literally did because. Well, that, I guess that's the benefit of having a, an accumulated 70 years of training or, or, or 60 years of training mm. now. I mean, I mean the, the, like, like the, the, the two people, and, and we're not saying that nobody does this, right? There's the, like now there's more and more people that are doing this kind of thing. But when we were younger as personal trainers, the, the two people that I can think of that were the first people that were really teaching us this stuff was Tony Bataji and Ian King. Because Tony Bataji taught us- Charles the, Poliquin was really big on but I but I, but I didn't work with Charles yeah. Poliquin, so you did. So, um, so Charles Poliquin, Tony Bataji and Ian King. And then for me, I've, um, Ida Portal was an, an influence as well. Aaron McKenzie um, was somebody that helped teach us this. But, but the first part of structural balance that we really were taught was- uh, from left to right side, so symmetry. symmetry. So the yep. left and the right side of the body need to be balanced, um, and agonist to antagonist, so opposing muscle groups. So example of the bicep and the tricep, they need yep. to be balanced. Or, you know, or the, the the chest and the back. You know, like yep. that that old one. But I think it was Ian King was probably the first person that that said to us the concept of you, you need to be balanced between strength and flexibility. Yeah. And he was the first person that was a very, very highly renowned coach that you couldn't argue with his accomplishments because he, he was the, uh, the, the head strength coach for the Australian Olympic team and his Olympians had won many, many, many gold medals. So when we were in that room with him and everybody said, oh, can you teach us Olympic lifting? And he assessed us all and he said, you, you've all got to get more flexible. None of yeah. you are ready to do Olympic lifting yet. The, the, I think that was the thing. The difference with Ian King was that he really highlighted it and then said, this is a no go, no go scenario. Yep. Whereas um, Tony and, and Charles both had prereqs for fl mobility. They ha both used the overhead squat assessment. They both, um, a lot, I, like we did a lot of flexibility assessments for, for PICP and stuff like that. And, and so, with Tony. And, and with yeah. Tony. The thing is, neither of them had achieved a really high level of flexibility. So this is my theory. This is my yep. theory, okay? Um, neither of them, to my knowledge, had achieved a high level of flexibility. Therefore, they didn't understand what it actually does when yeah. you do. Yep. You know, uh, it is so incredibly empowering to unlock the body's flexibility and now have a fully functional body that can 
sit in an ass to grass squat with 180 kilos on your back and that's a rest mm. position, mm. you know. Where, where, whereas Ian had, hadn't he? He was he was in his 70s when we worked with him and he was more flexible than I was back then. Yeah. And I was the most flexible in the room besides yeah. him. Yeah, and I think that makes a real big difference. Yeah. It's one thing to say something, it's another thing to have felt it, yep. you know. I went through this experience, which is very quickly, I'll share a story. Recently with my eye, I had a very bad damage to my eye and I had been to two different surgeons and both of them did operations on my eye that were the most painful things you could ever possibly imagine and neither of them had any respect for how painful it was and I was like look it's one thing to know oh yeah in theory this is the most painful thing that the human body can really endure before you kind of pass out uh, but then you don't prescribe any painkillers after the operation like it's like just go home and rest and keep your eyes closed it's like Fucking hell, man, I almost died in the first 48 hours after the first operation. I literally was in that much pain. It made me cry. Like I was like a yep. little kid again, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's just so funny. Like to, to know something in theory and to say, yes, this is right, you approach it very differently when you've achieved it or experienced it yeah, yourself. Yeah. You know? And that was the same with us because we used to tell people to stretch all the time, but it was never... Um, something that we did ourselves. It was never something that we'd achieved ourselves. So we we just told people to do it, but we we, we didn't have it as a go no go thing. And now, yeah. um, because we've achieved a, a, a decent level of flexibility, we know what it feels like, and we know that it's not a nice to have. It's a must have. It's, it's an essential. An, it's yeah. an essential. And it's funny because there's a notion out there among healthcare professionals that I've spoken to physios, friends of mine who are physiotherapists, you know, who believe that, that certain people can't get flexible. Yeah. That, it, that there is a literal, there's a theory. And I think that that theory has fucked with people's minds about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's messed up people's, um, perception of, you know, it's yeah. like, and, and it's the reason is because flexibility training is not as linear in progression as strength. And we've spoken about that before. And there are people who like, for example, the, there's a, there's certain people that have the, a certain makeup of the hip socket where they'll probably never be able to do a, um, 180 degree middle split. Um, I mean, I've got FAI hip and that really affects my hip extension. Like it's very, very hard for me to make any progress with that. But I think what, you know, the, the take home for that is for what you're saying is that so fucking what if you're unable to get as flexible as the most flexible people in the world, you can still get more flexible and it's use it or lose it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're not um, capable of achieving the highest levels of flexibility, you, you still have to do it. Yeah. You still have to stretch and you have to improve because if you're not improving it, you, you're going backwards. Yeah. Well, this ties into the key take home for today, which is that it's not about comparing yourself to what other people have achieved. It's about maximizing your physical performance, building your body into a superhuman, discovering what your true potential is, you know, and that is a very tough journey to go on because we tend to um, maybe even subconsciously um, compare ourselves to other people con con constantly, constantly, constantly. Uh, and you know, when you see someone do something, you say, okay, that's my standard. That's my yeah. standard of excellence that I want to achieve. And you may not be able to achieve that because they may have a different shaped pelvis than you, or they may have, uh, slightly different genetics or whatever, different history, different injuries. Um, and that's what we need to talk about. Now, what I want to do this week is share one person's 
um, experience with our foundations program. So can you bring up, uh, is, was it Aiden? Yeah, Aiden. Yeah. Can, you read, can you read it verbatim? Yeah. Um, because I think this is really, really important because we have a, and we're going to, we're going to, we're not hand picking at random people. We're picking people who had a very high competency in strength prior to starting our foundations program. And we no longer make it a prerequisite. We used to make it a prerequisite for people to move through the foundations program. We used to uh, bring people into our gym and then they had to do this uh, 18 week program before they could join the main group, which was a real problem because it had created this um, level of segregation that people just didn't like and it didn't work. We didn't have a very high level of adherence. We had a very high level of churn among new people. Unfortunately, the people who made it through that program are all our highest achievers in the gym, you yeah. know. Um, so, Funny you know, it would have been bloody great if we could have got that message across strong enough so people would just go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to persevere with it. But in the online groups, we have a much higher level of adherence because it's much easier because the online is you're kind of, it's kind of you versus you. You're going to your own gym or setting up your home gym or whatever. You're not coming into the class environment at Unity and going, why aren't I training with those guys over there who are doing the cool stuff, you know? So it doesn't create that level of segregation. And we get this um, transformation with the online guys that I want other people to be inspired and motivated by, you know? Yeah. And so this week, every day, among talking about the most relevant points for our uh, fast growth workshop, uh, I want to highlight one person's experience. Yeah, absolutely. So look, um, it's actually Aiden's post that made us think about this because truth be told, Yanni and I and Richard are well aware of how groundbreaking unique, revolutionary, and absolutely amazing the UMS Foundations program is. That program has been written, tested, rewritten, retested, rewritten, retested, rewritten, and retested to a point where <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. And it's been there, it sits there, people do it, but every now and then somebody speaks up about their experience when they get through it. So this is, this is what motivated us to do this show, Now, Aiden. let me, before we do this, before we say this, let me be absolutely 100%, 100 million percent clear. Myself, Rad, and Richard have all done this program yep. in its entirety. Yep. Uh, I've done it a number of times. Yep. Um, so we, this is something that if you want to tread our path, if you want to follow in our footsteps, this is 100 million percent where you should start. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The only exception is if you're already carrying quite an acute injury and you need to plug in a rehab module yep. to that. And then all know? we do is modify the element of it. If you've got a yep. lower body injury, we modify the lower body workouts. And if you've got an upper body injury, we modify, modify the upper body workouts. Yeah, Not only that, this program is endorsed by Phil as being the best pro. He has said this to us many times. He has said, I cannot think of a better way to train people than this general population. Yeah. Not sports specific, Yeah, but Anybody who just wants to be strong, fit, flexible, athletic, and be able to do whatever it is that they want, Phil has said to us many times, I cannot think of a better yeah, way we'll to tell, we'll, we'll, I'll go into a bit more detail about why this program is so powerful after Rad reads this and we discuss Well, maybe this. we're going to have to do that tomorrow because we're out of time. Okay. So let's, right. let's read Aiden's, uh, let's read Aiden's um, testimonial here. So Aiden has said, just finished the foundations program, 18 weeks total of four workouts per week. Here are my thoughts below. 
Number one, for those who say it's a beginner program, I dare them to try single leg football hamstring curls. Number two, I now have much better scapular control from starting at jumping pull-ups and progressing to eccentrics and then full pull-ups. Number three, my grip forearm strength has increased dramatically. Number four, for flexibility, it has been an absolute game changer. Shoulders, hips, and ankles all have much more range of motion and feel way better. Number five, I have been seriously training for six years now, and I can honestly say I've never felt better. And then uh, there's a couple of people that have made a couple of comments, and um, the one response that Aiden's given that I think is relevant, he's saying to Clay, he's saying, this is an awesome program, dude. It gets a bit weird doing some of the exercises at the beginning. He's making a joke here, saying side step ups and frog pumps, and he's saying LOL. But as the as the phases progress, you can definitely see the reasons why those exercises were necessary. So yeah, guys, that's a that's that's one example of someone that's been training for six years, and 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 Aiden posts videos of him all the time in the UMS online coaching group. The dude is in good shape, man. Um, and yeah, we've we've yeah, it's a it's a great great uh, testimonial to to what that program does for people. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm. Um uh, yeah, I'm really, really like, I really, really want to go deep and we're going to go deep this week. We're actually going to do, uh, five days this week to the movement mastermind, UMS movement mastermind group to talk about this, because I really think that this is important for people to understand. Well, it's, it's very important right now because people are going back to gyms and yep. we're getting a lot of questions from people saying, I'm going back to the gym. What should I be doing? And Guys, the, the truth is that when you're ready to say, all right, you know, I think these guys at Unity Gym have got, are onto something. I think they know what they're talking about. I'm going to give it a try. This is, this is what you do. Yeah. Look, I don't want to go, I don't want to uh, blur the lines here and make, turn these, these streams into a marketing campaign for mm -hmm. this program. What I want to talk about is the higher level, the macro, the, the, the meta of why this is so important. If you don't build a strong foundation, you cannot... You cannot achieve mastery in what you're trying to do, and you certainly will not achieve the desired physique. Now, I'm not going to take this away from anyone. Uh, I, like anyone else, Rad, Richard, we all have physique goals. We all do. And that's totally natural human behavior. We all want to look a certain way. We all want to look great with our kid off. We all, you know, and that's a t it's totally fine to be motivated by that. It's very normal, in fact, you know. But you cannot use that as your burning desire for this reason. You cannot, because you, you it distracts you from what's truly important, which is to be building a foundation and to be building a balanced body. I'm really intrigued as to why Lee Clements put a an angry, angry face, face I, up I, there. I think I she's done it by accident. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find. We'll Let see. us know. Why are you angry, Lee? Yeah. Uh, but um, you... Balance, uh, Rad brushed over this, symmetry from left to right side. No one is symmetrical. No, your body is not really designed to. If you cut, a, draw a line down, even your face is unsymmetrical. Yeah. Um, and so you can never achieve perfect symmetry, but you should be striving for limb symmetry because limb symmetry is important. When you start to do the big movements like deadlifts and squats, barbell squats or bench press, if you don't have decent limb symmetry, then you start to create huge imbalances in the body because the dominant side will always, take the, the majority of the load for that last rep and the last rep or two is where the big gains are made you know so first of all you have to achieve that 
a, a basic limb symmetry. Second, you must understand that there is an algorithm that the body needs to operate on between agonist and antagonist muscle groups in each joint for that joint to remain structurally balanced, for that joint to remain um, solid and stable, you know. And, uh, and then if you go a little bit deeper than that, not just the agonist-antagonist muscle groups, but the global outer unit muscle groups and the inner unit stability muscle groups have an algorithm that need to be uh, in balance, you know. Um, and, and, and these things are critical for your longevity. They're not, it's not it's, uh, a nice to have, you know. You will build um, you, you, uh, a much higher level of performance later on down the track with a much lower risk of injury if you nail these things early on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, man, yeah, look, it's just uh, <laughs> this is where the, the, the biggest gains in my training in the last five years by a long shot have been from this, have been from understanding structural balance and just the importance of it, yeah. you know, throughout the whole body. And, um, yeah, once you once you accept that once you accept that that is the most important thing to start with to build that foundation oh man well it's the second most important thing yeah. the <laughs> it's the second most important thing the most important thing is to get your mind your head right the reason why you train to, like really clearly defined first and that yep. falls in alignment with this yep. what's the reason why you train do yep. you want to be the best version of yourself or do you want to try and emulate someone else? Yep. And if you're wanting to try and emulate someone else, a bodybuilding magazine image you've seen, a figure modeling magazine you've seen, a model you've seen, Even you know, a gymnast or a, gymnast or a, mover, a bodybuilder know. or a power lifter, or you want to beat someone in, in that sport and you strive, you obsess over that mastery goal first, I guarantee you there's going to come a time, it'll be within a decade where you regret it, where yep. you go, far out, I should have focused on yep. building my foundation better yep. and then pursuing that. The mastery and the physique comes as a natural side effect to building the rest, yeah. to building a really healthy daily movement practice, to first really defining why you're going to get up every morning at 5 a.m. to get your exercise session in and aligning that with the right reasons and, uh, and then building a really healthy ha habit of daily movement practice and then learning, learning, not just trying to, but learning how to eat strategically to support those two things. Absolutely. How to fuel your body. Absolutely. Let's go deeper into this this week, Tribe. It's a great discussion. Uh, thank you, everyone who joined us live. Uh, Lee, it looks like it was an accident. Um, there was an angry face that came up from you, uh, an angry emoji. Uh, I, I was hoping that it was just that you wanted us to talk all day about this topic because you were liking it so much. Um, guys, what I can confirm is that Rad and I are going to be working extremely hard and Richard on producing this content f as an online course, which I'm super excited about because it's an area of our program that's been needed for a long time. And uh, yeah, that'll be rolling out in the, in, in the next few months. And uh, in the meantime, yeah, start thinking about what it is that you're trying to achieve and where the best point is to start for you. Good stuff, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for more awesomeness. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity.
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not